Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Andy Brant Bernard. Melissa Bernard. And your mom, Andy, might be back in the next 10. She mm. might join us for the last two segments. Uh, she's on her way back, so that's nice. Looking forward to that. Doing golfing? Maybe. We'll take a break, and when we come back, a major fire rips through downtown Alexandria, Minnesota. I do not like hearing that, man, because that town Another one? very special to me. Yeah, I guess. Wow. That's what it says, February 25th, 2020. We just had a big Happened one this in morning. Becker or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Becker, yeah. Still burning, I think. Hmm. In any case, we'll be right back to kick off second hour with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Zero hour, 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then. Elton John, ladies and gentlemen, very sad last week when he was ill, had, I believe, pneumonia. Mm hmm. And he started crying on the stage and said, I'm sorry, but I have to go. That was so sweet. It was so very nice, don't you think? Yeah, he's a, you know, a dedicated performer, and I think and he, you know, he wouldn't be doing this this long at this age unless he really enjoyed the process and yeah. uh, things like that. Right. And it, it is sad. I mean, he just, people bought tickets, relied on him, and, oh, that's sad. Well, well, he's getting over it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe that's true. I don't think true, he's but... old enough for pneumonia to be like a death sentence at this point. No, 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 no. So, <clears throat> but. 72. So, you know. He's only 72, really? Particularly old. Just think about this then. Elton John is five years older than Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, my God, really? Mm. 
How did he get in such rough shape at 67 years old? Oh, I really, I think a large part of that was, was an act. I, I mean, they had, so. the, yeah, it was all the, oh, they had the old man shoes, these old tie-ups, black yeah, tennis did. shoes on him. I mean, that, you know... Yeah, his, his, he was a little disheveled. He had his suit on, but he's a little yep. disheveled. You know, he's this. He's, he's, he can't, mentally he can't put himself together. You know, I think that's you know that's all made yeah, up. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're I, right. You know, with a walker, really? No, 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 sir. So you know, uh, <laughs> Ralph, I'm a year older than he is. So you know, yeah. like, what a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Get you. Well, like I said, and like Kristen said, you know, they, they've been doing that for years. If you're yeah, uh, if you abuse your power, the first thing you do is make yourself look as powerless as possible. So people look at you and yep. they go, "Oh, how could that? How could he hurt anyone?" Because that's right. People He's can't see you aside man. from what's right in front of them. You, you even saw it with the that's OJ true. trial in Vegas. I mean, it was the same thing. He was like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so old." Oh, yeah. you know. And you know, I, I the court that what the eyes of justice are blind, so it doesn't work. Well, letting him day. splay his letting him splay his fingers out the way he yeah. did putting that glove on was disgusting. Yeah. Put your fingers together. Nobody puts their glove on with their fingers splayed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what we do now. And, and, and by the way, I do. Uh, I don't like movies much anymore. Anyway, once in a while, one comes out that's okay. Uh, television, broadcast television is just about dead because they keep plugging away to get an audience they can't possibly get. But um, knowing now that all those people knew that Harvey Weinstein was doing this and did nothing about it, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, you talk about you're, cons- you're filthy human beings. You talk about a conspiracy, you know, a, a oh, foul yeah. conspiracy. You know, and, yep. And you, don't you think some of the women is, is, would have stood it? Well, now they got their part. I, I, that, that's the thing. He said, I think a number of those women, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you got your part. Well, then you got your start in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And, and, well, I guess my point is, suppose you're a producer in that position like Harvey Weinstein, and suppose some ingenue throws herself at you. I mean, literally throws herself at you. I'll do anything for this part. Undressing herself right. as she's telling you this. and just you, So what do you do? You're gonna, what are you going to have? you going to have a video to say this is a consensual arrangement? Or are you going right. to right. have a stack of, of uh, dis, uh, what, non-disclosure, not non-disclosures? They would be uh, agreements that said this, this act that we are about to undertake, which mm-hmm. could include this, 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 and this. And they both sign it, you know, date it. Right. They probably have to have a, a notary outside to notarize it, you know, stamp it, oh, on this date, this one, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's... Well, that's essentially what the jury uh, decided was that, yes, he's a sexual predator, but not everyone that he slept with was predated. 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 Predated upon. Predated upon. Yeah, if you make the conscious decision to sleep with someone, even if he's a bad person, that's still a decision you made. It's not predatory. So some of them you're right. Some of them you're right, absolutely. Certainly there's the coercion. He's so powerful. He can do something for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's horrific. It's awful. It can't happen. Yet, you know, if you're a good-looking person, man or woman— and you got the right, uh, if you can get the chem- mm-hmm. chemical or, or chemical attraction to the person who's giving you that job, mm-hmm. you know, do you, you're going to do what it takes, particularly in Hollywood. Everybody's that actor there. Everybody's an actor or a writer there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Well, I'm, and, and look just a few years back when it was little boys that were being preyed upon. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened there, it just went away. Yep. Just How? It goes away. It just disappears. It's just disgusting. It's yeah. really sad. It really is sad. 
But again, people will do anything to be famous or anything for money. Money and fame, man, that's what drives everybody. It's ridiculous. A major fire tore through downtown Alexandria, Minnesota this morning and destroyed historic buildings and forced the evacuation of about two dozen residents who lived above the stores. The fire is gaining speed. It's not stopping, said Amy Lesnar, owner of the Creative Touch Boutique. There are many trucks, many firefighters. The fire was reported about 4.30 in the morning. Emergency crews responded and evacuated the residents who lived on the second floors of the buildings. No deaths or injuries have been reported, according to city spokeswoman Sarah Statter. Uh, all these buildings have tenants above. They are all out and safe, but everything they have is completely destroyed, Lesnar said. I wonder that she's related to Brock Lesnar. Oh, I wonder. Might be. Could be. Is he yeah, from Alexandria? He's from up that way, yeah, somewhere. God, where is he from? So probably. Uh, Randall, Minnesota, something like that, I think. I don't know. Let Brock check it out. Lesnar is from... Is from um, well, he's billed from Minneapolis, but that doesn't mean he's from mm-hmm. Minneapolis. No, he's not yeah. from Minneapolis. Early life. Well, let's see. He was born in Webster, South Dakota. Okay. And grew up. That doesn't really say. Doesn't say. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, you have, he, yeah. grew, he grew up on a dairy farm in Webster. In Webster, South Dakota. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, Which there is, you go. You know, out that way-ish. Indeed. All these buildings have tenants above. Firefighters demolished four buildings in an effort to stop the spread of the blaze. RM Tattoo. I don't know how to say this. R-A-A-P-E-R-S. Rapers? Yeah, really. I what? R-A-A-P-E-R-S. Raper would be one P. It would be rappers. Rappers. Yeah. It's R-A-A-P-E-R-S. Rappers? It's like robbers? R-A-A-P-E-R-S. Rappers? Yeah, that's a horrible name. Rapper. It's one letter away from rapers. Yeah. <laughs> Eatery and Ale, Charlie's Bazaar, and Little Darling's Children's Boutique, all in the 500 block of Broadway, fell victim to bulldozers. These buildings are so old, Lesnar said. It's rich history downtown. Um, yeah, th- I'm sorry to hear that because, you know, being born in, in Long Prairie, Minnesota, just down the road mm-hmm. from Alexandria, went to my Alexandria to visit my Uncle Ted all the time. I love that town of Alexandria, Minnesota. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, that that's happened. That's Fire started weird. at 430 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning. I wonder yep. what dangerous things someone might be doing with fire at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, I wonder. Mm. Oh, they could, they could have been making bread. <laughs> yes, that's what they were <laughs> cooking, bread. Yes. Matter of fact, it says right here, uh, firefighters and first responders from Long Prairie, Garfield, Carlos, and Farada. What do you think? Long Prairie, baby. <laughs> Carrying the sho- shoulder in the stone, shoulder in that weight. Once again, shoulder in the burden. Once again, <laughs> Long Prairie. You heard me. Oh. You know. Yeah, that's. So, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, well, maybe they're maybe getting the fryer up and running. Maybe they were. Uh... Maybe. Well, maybe deep fry some uh, you know hash browns or something. I don't know what they're making at this place. Deep deep fry. Some I told you not to go to Rapers. <laughs> it's, it's an eater, event, yeah. Well, yeah. Four thirty, man. Though, I don't know. I don't know how early they have to. Uh, they do breakfast. At that early? At five? Oh, you might. Well, four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Depends well, on how what many was the place called that started the fire? Was it Rapers? Whatever. Uh, I think it was, I don't know. I don't know where the fire started. Where the fire started. Well, let's see when they open. Let's see. Uh, no, they they don't open until 11 a.m. No, they don't? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's, uh-oh. What's so, I guess your question, what could someone be doing what at 4.30 in the morning? Mm. 
Were they hitting the pipe? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you never know. Or maybe having, having a heater in the bed. Don't hear too do many about those fires. Yeah, I was going to say, do people still do that? Set fire to their beds with a cigarette? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they've changed Indeed. mattresses. That was like the thing back in the 90s, I remember, is people, they'd fall asleep with a cigarette in their hand and up, up goes the bed. Yeah, uh, th- things come and go. It's like when I was when I in the in the fifties, sixties. I remember the news. There was a lot of people being killed with ice picks. Oh well, a lot yeah, of people oh, yeah, being killed absolutely. with ice picks. It might be a certain type of person doing the killing <laughs> with ice picks. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of ice pick killings. I remember. <clears throat> well, in Italian neighborhoods, you know. <laughs> well, that's Pittsburgh. You know, they you know the <laughs> yeah, right. numbers racket. Then there was a numbers racket. You know, the racketeer. They would always yeah. talk about racket. Oh, they have got somebody with their you know the bookie. The bookie. Oh, I just remember hearing that over and over again. Yeah, Man, it was always the bookie playing the numbers. They tearing yeah. someone's wall down to get everybody's numbers. I figure out who the clients were. Oh God. Uh, another sad story here for me. This is just personally sad because. I endorsed this product for so many years until a few years ago when the company was sold to someone else and then they decided they didn't want to spend the money for my endorsement and I said, you're making a mistake. And they said, no, no, it's just too expensive. Appliance Smart is closing its last Twin City store. Yeah. I did Appliance Smart commercials for years. Mm. Booming business. They did really, really well. Really, Jack, just a great guy. Everybody that worked there, everybody I worked with there, just really good people. Then they uh, sold to another another firm. Uh, it, it was now owned by uh, a Las Vegas firm. Uh, declared they declared bankruptcy late last year. They will close their final Minnesota store. After closing three of its five remaining Twin City stores in August, Appliance Mart has closed one more and will close its last Minnesota location next month. The firm's Maplewood store closed last week, and the final store in Champlin is expected to close in late March. An employee said it may close earlier if inventories run low. That makes my that makes me sad because that was such a great client, and Appliance Mart was a big part of the KQ Morning Show. And then some guy decided, no, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, here you go, entrepreneur Jack Cameron. Jack was a great guy. Started the parent business, Appliance Recycling Centers of uh, America in the Twin Cities, 1976. Appliance Smart stores began to open in 1998. They featured new closeout, open box, and scratch and dent models. Live Ventures Incorporated, a Las Vegas-based company that owns several home products brands, have purchased Appliance Smart in April 2018 for $6.5 bucks. Put the firm into a bankruptcy restructuring last year. We believe that the worst the Appliance Smart uh, is now behind us. Well, not behind you because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> say. Are there no? Are there no? What more do you mean it's behind? Stores or? No, I don't think so. Not in the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be after the, the end of March. I, I just—it's one of those deals. And, and a lot of people think, oh, you just did that because you know you didn't want to see one of your advertisers mm-hmm. and all that money go. But that wasn't it. Appliance Smart and the Morning Show tied in perfectly. And when new people come along, they just don't see it and they don't see why it worked. I, a lot of people who own businesses do not know how to do business. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And, and That's cer- too bad. And certain industries, certain businesses really work with certain kinds of advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there's may, no doubt about they it. They may not have meshed with uh, Twin Cities Live when it was on. They, they may not have meshed with that, but they do right. mesh with the morning show. There's a certain uh, uh, listenership or viewership that they will mesh with. Uh, so, you, yeah, that, I can see that completely. Completely. It's really too bad. I just saw that and it made me sad because, man, we had so much fun. We'd get together for dinner every year, just have a great time. Show the kind of guy Jack Cameron was. Many, many years ago, he wanted to go have lunch one day, and he goes, let's go to Barrio. 
because he knew that I had an interest in that. And that's the kind of, let's go to your, your spot. That's just the kind of guy he is. I, I just, I don't know. That, that, it's too bad. It's really too bad. Yeah. But you move forward, don't you? Yeah. Where's Jack now? I don't know. Is I I'm hoping Jack is still with us. I assume he is. What but, was his uh, name? Jack what? Jack Cameron. C A M E R O N. Cameron. Hmm. Jack Cameron. I'm hoping he's still with us. He he was a very nice man. I know he got sick for a minute there, but hopefully uh, I haven't. I've not talked to him in in a, in a while now. God, I'm trying to think of the last time I did talk to him. It's been a while. But um, he retired. I in don't 2016. Know. Yeah, so when he retired is when, I don't know who took over then, but uh, somebody took over and then they sold it to this Vegas firm, but I don't know. It's just, it's too bad. I have great memories of Applying Smart, and you know, Zero Res is another one of them that just, uh, it was a startup company, had a few bucks in their pocket, and ended up being a multi-million dollar business, which is just, that, those are terrific American yeah. stories, don't you think? Yeah, it is. We we have to take a break here because we have a guest coming up in just a couple of minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XChat app brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XChat app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Sarah Smile. What do you think of that action? Let me know when uh, Samuel Shem is ready to go. Call him in about a a minute. All right. Samuel Shem is a professor of humanities at NYU School of Medicine who exposed the harsh realities of med student life in his legendary best-selling novel, The House of God, which reshaped how we teach young doctors. Are you familiar with this man, Ralphie? Yes, The House of God is, 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 was a cult reading uh, when, you were in me- when you were in medical school and in residency. Yeah, that was... Oh, when I heard that, I just started... Uh, just very interesting. There were some very uh, irreverent parts to it. How much do you think has changed... Well, 
Oh, no, uh, well, the... I mean, residency sucking hasn't changed, obviously, but the but, specifics. But the residency now, before you would be, you might be in the house for 36 hours straight. So you'd work, you'd be there, you'd, be, you'd sleep a little bit, you might have some responsibilities, you have to go start mm-hmm. an IV, someone would be sick, you have to mm-hmm. take care of them, you might be with them for a couple hours, trying to make, make take just take care of people. You'd be there for long periods of time. Now, do you know, you're, you can only be there for like 12 hours at a time because it's such a burden. Well, God, I mean, medical errors, how many of those are caused by overwork? Uh, well, the thing about it is I saw no medical errors when I was there being overworked because you're always sponsored by an attending. Uh. You're always spo- and you understand you're also being monitored by all the nurses who, who, who are on shift work. So if you did something, you asked to do something that was odd, they would say, uh, why, don't we check with, why don't we check with Dr. Smith, the attending, uh, before we do that? Why don't we? Why don't we check with that? You know, and I had nurses more than once. I would, I would, I would, I would say, I don't know what to do. And, and I remember one cardiac nurse. She says, Okay, we'll we'll give another unit of blood. If this doesn't work, we'll give them some calcium. And I go, That's not going to do anything. She says, Hey, it works. Sure enough, gave another unit of blood. Bleeding was still going. Gave him calcium. Bleeding stopped. I went to bed. Hmm. I mean, just. <laughs> There you go. No, that's what it is. You, you do say, you know, you, you learn, and then and the nurses, nursing staff, all, you have. And I learned early on. I relied heavily on nursing staff. To I appreciated what they did, and if they said try this, I said, let's go, let's give it a try. You know, I never got in trouble, and I really never saw any gross mistakes. You know, me being up that late or being there that long. You know what it does? Mm-hmm. Is it creates a an air of stress. Hello. And regardless of what kind of medicine you're in, there's going to be times when you're going to be stressed and you need to develop coping skills and thinking skills to get through that stress and take care of the patient the best you can. So I think this is good. I'm going to sit back and listen a lot uh, while uh, Samuel Shem is on because I want to hear you two guys talking about this. Your adoration of the book, The House of God, is very evident. Uh, and you know exactly what he's talking about. I, I like I said, I'll introduce you, the two of you, and I want to sit back and listen. Oh, because listen you guys, listen to this. Oh, this is going to be dangerous, Doctor Sham, Ralph Baxter. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a plastic surgeon in town here, and uh, I, and I'm going to take a, uh, something out of Wayne's world. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy <laughs> to talk to you. I mean, the House of God was just one of the best things in the world. Uh, you know, just the allusion to the orthopedic height and the in the. Uh, uh, orthopedic height and neurosurgery height. I remembered, and I'll tell you the story. The thing that really set in my mind is that I was at the V. I was at the VA hospital at Northwestern University. A patient came in for a hernia repair. I was on the general surgery service, and they they came in, and the guy had a rash. And I look at him. I go, man, you got a rash. They said, let me see your palms. Had a rash all over his palms, and I said. Wait a second. There's only two rashes that gives you a ra- and gives you. There's only two rashes that are on your palms and the soles of your feet. One is erythema multiforme. You ain't got that. The other is secondary syphilis. So I called. Oh. So I called oh. the uh, so the internal the chief resident on internal medicine, and I got the pushback like there was no tomorrow. Like you're so you know just I could just hear it. You're so stupid. Just a general. So you don't know anything about medicine. On and on and on. Sure enough, VDRL positive, and they're presenting the next day at grand rounds. So. So you, you really your 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 expression of medical uh, training is was so 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 accurate. So in a tongue in cheek way, but yeah, I appreciate it. Samuel Shem, our special <laughs> guest. Okay. How about, do you always start your interviews by being praised like you're a deity? Hello. There's Hello. Hello. 
Can you hear us, Samuel? Uh, you're a little bit faint in this phone. Could you talk and I'll put it on speaker? It'll be louder, maybe? You got it. Whatever works. Okay. I, uh, uh, just talk a little bit. Yeah, super. Okay, yeah, yeah, now. Is it working? We're good on our end, so. Good. So the, so he's okay? So, Hello. Guessing bad connection. Yeah, bad connection. We have to try it again, Andy. Hello. Yeah, because he can't hear us at all. I don't know. No, you know, that not. one of the great, one of the great things about the 21st century is not digital. And <laughs> by the way, Samuel Shem talks about that in his book. What doctors uh, do is they uh, spend a lot of time staring at screens. Uh, why doctors are committing suicide at the highest rate of any profession, what doctors really see in their computer screens, how it is directly related. Andy, we're going to have to disconnect because it's really uh, kicking back you? big. There you go. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah it, and that's, you know, that whole thing about, you know, computerizing medicine is, you know, it, 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 it does add stress because you're not getting the interpersonal mm -hmm. action. And so many things I was taught in medical school was that you know you actually look at the patient and many times you can look at them and say oh you're sick you got a problem we got to work you up and take care of you otherwise someone comes in they they're pink they you know they're smiling everything's fine you're not sick you know you can you just just looking at someone you can see that sort of thing and looking at a screen you don't get that you don't get that interpersonal relationship interpersonal reaction right. and there's a certain part of medicine where your compensation is that interaction that makes complete sense. So, how are we doing, Andy? Is everything all right? We're halfway through the segment already, so sure we are. should probably try to. So he can't hear us. I'm here. Oh, there you go. Oh, Samuel Shem with us, ladies and gentlemen. Samuel Shem, a professor of humanities at NYU School of Medicine, who exposed harsh realities of med student life in his legendary best-selling novel, The House of God. Dr. Ralph Basham is uh, with us here. One of your great admirers, but I, but I would like to point out one thing that you bring up, Samuel, that I couldn't agree with more. What doctors really see on their computer screens and how it is directly related to money and how electronic medical records create more errors that result in death, not less. I made the statement about a year ago that digital is the most overrated thing of the 21st century. And people went, are you crazy? It's wonderful. It's magnificent. I'll, there's a big price to pay for digital, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think um, uh, that that's a major, the major cause of doctor burnout uh, is the introduction in 2008 of the electronic medical record. There's a paper about that. It's the only correlate for doctors going crazy and committing suicide and leaving the system. Uh, this is a real terrible danger to doctors, patients, and uh, nurses. And I wrote the book, uh, as the narrator says, this is Man's Fourth Best Hospital, the narrator says in the beginning, he says, I'm called to write this book because it was a time when medicine could go one way or the other, either toward more humane care or toward money and screens, which means money and money. And th this is the story of a group of guys with a guy named the Fat Man <coughs> who uh, are trying to put, they found a little clinic, public clinic up against this man's fourth best monstrosity hospital, and they're trying in this clinic to put the human back in medicine. That was my goal. That's my, that's my quest. 
Dr. Basham, I'd like you to talk about the house of God again and bri- briefly, if you could. That'd be great. I'm, I'm, if you, uh, I, you know, I'm a plastic surgeon. I just remember the house of God as a, as a medical student residency training at Northwestern University and the University of Utah. And I, and I, I don't know if you heard me before. I said, uh, but out of Waynesward, I'm not worthy to talk to you. I mean, I really <laughs> appreciate the, you know, the things that you've said or the way you've put them, you know, tongue in cheek. But the reality is, is that, you know, that, that that's the real medical training. And, you know, and, and, I, and I agree with you, in fact, so much so that I saw the EMR, the, the, the talk of EMR, uh, say, 25 years ago. And I, in my office, I'm, I, I thought to myself, I don't know if that's really such a good idea. The only reason the EMR is being rolled out is for marketing reasons. And so I, I moved to a paperless office, not an EMR. Uh-huh. So the, uh-huh. so and and so it's it's an entirely different system. And if there's a mistake that's made, you can fix it. But in an EMR, my contention is is that uh, you know my, my I guess my ex- example is this: you go in and you have your blood drawn, and the only really mistakes with blood drawing and uh, transfusion are clerical errors, and they can happen. They're going to happen. So suppose they draw your blood, they send your blood in, but they don't send your blood in as as you. They send it as Jim Smith, but Jim Smith happened to get blood drawn exactly the same time in the emergency room, and that goes in as yours. So your blood work comes back and says, "Oh, you're HIV positive." <laughs> okay. Well, says, well, that's not possible because I've been celibate for the past ten years. That's not even possible. Just uh, not possible at all. Uh, would you please redraw my blood? They redraw your blood. Oh, yeah, you're not HIV positive, but that is on your record forever, and they will not, they cannot get oh. rid of it. Wow, oh. yeah. Hmm. And it lives with you forever. You know, so, oh, oh, you're HIV positive. No, I'm not HIV. What says right here? You're, this is black and white. I can see it on the screen. I can see this on the screen. Like well, you said. Uh, this is, uh, you know, you, I don't know if you've read Man's Fourth Best Hospital yet, but, uh, when I got back into medicine I got, uh, five years ago, I got uh, an appointment at NYU Medical School as a professor of medical humanities. And all of a sudden, I had been out of medicine, and all of a sudden, I saw, you know, a lot of the miracles, but I saw this incredible thing about money and screens. And at that point, uh, just like in the house of God, in the house of God, I was called to write that book because somebody had to write it. It was so abusive, and I guess it was me. And I said to myself, hey, wait a second. This isn't right. This is, this is killing people, doctors, patients, nurses, etc. Somebody's got to write about this, and that's what the book turned out to be about. So, so if you, so if we're, if we're at this point now, where do we go from here? Where, how can we change this mess uh, that we call an EMR. I, I see it at the hospitals. I haven't, I haven't even learned their EMR software. I go to the hospitals so infrequently because it's just in my office primarily. And, you know, I just, everybody hates it. Everybody yeah. hates the interface and hates it. But it it's hates, just. Everybody a, hates it. That's right. Uh, I know, well, in the book, uh, the fat man who brings back his crowd of Eat My Dust Eddie and, and sure. Chuck and uh, <laughs> Hyper Hooper and all of that. He's going to try to put the human back into medicine. And uh, the, what needs to happen is what basically kind of what the VA has, because their computer for years ha- has been a, a pretty, good, uh, pretty good computer. And the reason that they like it is because there's, there's, there's no billing. There's no billing through 
the screen. You don't, uh, you know, in, in our work in hospitals now, on one side is the doctor, uh, one side of the screen is the doctor who's trying to, who's being forced to charge the most, and on the other side is an insurance person who is uh, forced to pay the least. There's a war going across the screen. And what the fat man says at the end of the book, I'll spoil it for you, he says the solution is to squeeze the money out of the machines. That is, just use them for data and data transmission somewhere else. But when it comes to billing, for instance, in a, in a veterans or, or Medicare system, when it comes to billing, you just, you know, do like 50 clicks for an appendectomy or something, and then you look. And if, there's eno- if, if the patient has another insurance, a private insurance, you just click the data to them and let them figure out how to get paid, right? Right. But the biggest answer to your question, to get to that, to get our voices heard in this mess, as you so beautifully uh, put it, is we have to get together and take action. What I like to say is uh, when somebody, when, you, when you're, you're in a theater and somebody falls down, does the shout go out? Is there an insurance executive in the house? Right? That's no. right. <laughs> they, 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 don't do, they don't do anything. And we doctors, look, here's the thing. Nurses know how to get what they want, right? They yeah. almost never lose a threatened strike. They get together. They've got a union. Doctors never work together. They never work together to get anything, and that's the problem. So I think there are solutions, and we've got to start getting there because doctors, patients, everybody hates this except for, you know, the people who make the machines. That's it, Absolutely. And the difference is, is that physicians are never unionized. And yeah. physicians are selected and trained as individuals. Right. So it's so it's 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 count it's a counterculture, just not the same as a collective a group. And nurses are more together; they work together. It's a team that takes care of patients rather than physicians. You're the physician who takes care of the patient. You're sort of the uh, sort of the uh, point of the spear kind of thing. That's the way you're trained. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And it's also let's face it; it's a gender difference because most nurses are still women, and yep. they like connecting, and they're good at forming relationships and groups and you know we're 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 lone rangers by and large yeah men and women who are physicians are that way men and women who are physicians that way yeah so have any of you uh, read man's fourth best yet come on yeah ralph have you no I, I i just heard you're on you were just on you're on today i'm just picking it up right now looking i mean i just i yep. just heard that you're on and i but you know i know you're the past past works and i know that you know, you're saying you don't like the EMR. Well, you're my guy. You're my guy. Samuel, right. I will tell you this also. The, 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 uh, I'm the host of the show, and, and when I do, I do a morning show and the show, and yeah. I do stream of consciousness, so I never look in advance and see who's going to be on because I want a fresh <laughs> take on everything. Like today, hearing the two of you talking about something that, that I've been talking about on the morning show for about a year now, the fact that I don't think the digital 
the convenience of digital is worth the spying, the watching you, listening to you, intruding into your life by by putting things on your computer screen. Like if I bought a set of golf clubs, I get to see them up on my screen for the next month. It's way too intrusive. You know what I mean? It's just it's such an intrusion. And then you find out it's ruining doctors' lives. We got to do some about about digital. We really do, don't you think? Absolutely. Well, I think the other piece of it is that digital is outpacing human uh, yes. abilities. Yep. There's there all kinds of they're, they're constantly mistakes, constantly mistakes. You know, but let me go. Let me shift this a little bit. Let's talk toward the toward the positive a little bit. You know, I like um, it. I like it. Yeah, the you know, like the fat man says, we got to put the human back in medicine. The, the reason that we doctors went into medicine, by and large, and the reason why it's a, it's a great profession and has been a profession, and one of the most important healing things that happen is face-to-face, you know, heart-to-heart. We got into this with our patients because we like to, he- to heal them. We like to do good in the world. You know, we make money, but we like to do good in the world. And those things are being taken away from us. The rewards are being taken away from us. And, and so I just wish, you know, I'm getting older. I just wish we could, uh, re- we are paying attention, a lot of us. But um, this can be fixed. Yeah. This really can be fixed. I believe that. Because yeah. this, is, this is not working yeah. for anybody. Physicians' compensation really is a combination of you get, you get a monetary reward. But just yeah. as important, maybe more important, is that you get the... Uh, not only the fact that you're able to help somebody, many times cure people of horrific, life-threatening diseases, but in addition, it is a there's a creative piece to it, and an intellectual piece because every patient is different, and you have to apply everything you know to create a sp- specific treatment pattern for every patient. And what's can, can, can I get a little wonky here? Yeah. What the fat man says in the book at the end. He looks at medicine before the screens and medicine after. And before the screens, you know, patient would come in, you'd greet them, you'd take their history and, you know, get what's going on. Then you say, okay, just go behind the curtain and, uh, you know, I'll examine you. And while the patient is just in the, in the time that the patient is behind the curtain getting undressed and all that, you are kind of sitting there and musing and pausing and your brain and your sensibility is working on what's going on, right? Yep. It's an integrative uh, kind of work. And then they come back and you finish up. Well, what we have with the screens, and always will have with the screens, it can't be fixed, is they are iterative things. You click on one box to another box to another box to another box. Every time you have to paint this picture and you have no time to just sit there and say, hmm, brain, heart, what's wrong here? And you, as you know, you're a practicing doc, you come up with the answer. Correct. And if you don't, you write it down and you say, well, let's try, you know, other things. That's all. Let's ask yeah. more questions. Yeah, exactly. So it, I, think I think it's a... It, yeah, go ahead. No, I just think it's a wonderful conversation to listen to because two people who know what they're talking about that are looking for the best for people, that's getting more and more rare to hear the, 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 the people like the two of you talking about maybe trying to help people instead of making as much money as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
uh, we like patient contact. Very few people hate right. patients who are still in medicine, you know. Yeah. They're, 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 they're doing yeah. research, you know, whatever. I do think it's terrific. Man's fourth best hospital, of course, the House of God, which, uh, you know, Ralph was uh, basically genuflecting when he was uh, talking to you about that book. He was, very, he was in awe of the fact that Samuel Shem was on the show with us. So, Samuel, I appreciate your time today. I really appreciate the fact that you're, the, the human element in you is, is so strong that you want to help people as much as you can. That's how people should be, and I really admire that. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you so much, and... Uh... Uh, I think everybody should read this book. Who read the, who, who read the House of God? Frankly, yeah, we'll get it done. If we'll you haven't sure read one. Out. Read them both. All right, good. Exactly. Uh, get in touch if you want, uh, you guys. Thank you. We'll we'll reach out again. Thank you, Samuel. Have a good day, sir. Okay. Bye bye. Andy, we'll take a break here to come back and do about six, seven, eight minutes, something like that. All right. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. A couple minutes with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Was your New Year's resolution to work out at the gym to lose weight? And now it's almost March and you haven't shed a pound? Well, do what I did. Let the coaches at Ultimate Weight Loss help you lose weight fast. With the help of Ultimate Weight Loss, I lost 41 pounds, another 42 pounds in each of my first two 40-day programs, and I didn't have to exercise. Summer will be here before you know it. So start now, look great, and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with the help of my friends at Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost. Due to the tremendous success of their clients, they are now opening a Woodbury location. That's on March 2nd. They will then have three locations to serve you in Plymouth, Edina, and Woodbury. Starting today, live your healthiest life. Schedule an immediate consultation. Call Ultimate Weight Loss, powered by Nutramost, 763-333-7337, 763-333-7337, or go to their website, ultimatewl.com. That's ultimatewl.com. I can feel you watching in the night. Yes, we're doing service. You're playing the ago. same song you played. Yeah, here we go. Well, that's a good song, though. I clicked something. It's and well it worth listening. Did something that I didn't expect it to do. That's cool. Oh, well. uh, does Ralph need uh, Samuel Shem's number? That'd be great. Or isn't it? it probably not It's a right six one seven area no. code, isn't it, Andy? No, no, not right now. But it's a six one seven area code. Isn't yes, it? Andy called. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, yes. I so do. you do have it, Andy, right? Sure do. I just love the fact that we started out talking about what's uh, healthcare all about? It's about money. What's homelessness all about? It's about votes, which make me more money. What's medicine all about? It's about making money over money over money. <laughs> everything is about money now. Everything. Well, yep. Isn't that sad? It's in just an extension of everything's about power. So, I mean, you right. know, 10 million years right. ago, the mankind's ancestor was, you know, whoever has the biggest rock is king. Whoever has the most yeah. money as king is really just an extension of that. Except well, so Bloomberg's not, uh, that's not coming to fruition in his deal. Apparently he's not a very good debater. I guess we'll see how he does well, tonight. But still, compared to the rest of us, he is a king. So, 
Well, he's only worth $60 billion, you I know. would argue he lives better than 99.9% of all history's royalty. Yeah, that, and his and – his, uh, him throwing so much money at this, I think he really burned it out. <gasps> I mean, that. I mean, it is a, it's fascinating to see you turn. If you go watch, watch yeah. YouTube, I would say that sixty percent of the advertisements I've seen on YouTube have been him. It, uh, yeah. Well, Tom, well, I it, would say that. <coughs> yeah. It does say uh, in the Bible that money is the root of all evil. Well, so, it doesn't. For the love of money the love is of the root of, of all money. evil. Well, but. If if, That's right. if we're if we're really looking at it though, like um, you don't desire money unless you love it. So yep, you right. need it. Well, I mean, there's a difference need, between needing need and, and want. Yeah, exactly. But like m- what we're talking about here is the desire and the love of money. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's so. no question about that. Yeah, you know, listen to my lifetime, and and Andy and Ralph know this. I've had very very close friends do horrible things to me for money. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Stab me right in the back over money, and I, some people I'd known for 35 years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's good because there was a large <laughs> amount of money out there. They didn't care about me at all anymore. Only right. the money counted, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't really understand that at all. But, you know, do you think, and Andy, you know a lot about the Internet and digital and all the rest of it. Do you think all of the intrusion in our lives that the digital causes is worth the little bit it can do for us? I, I guess we're doing, uh, could we do this show without digital? I suppose no. we could. We could just do, we could do lines, right? You could do phone lines, couldn't you? They're still digital. Eh, some of them are. I don't know. Like I said, it's great to be able to do it. It's great. Nice to look at the screen and go, oh, so this is what's happening in the world. I think the, the, the problem that we have is allowing people to use digital to hate one another so much. It's building. It's getting bigger. We have to do something about that. Allowing people to get that hateful on digital should be illegal, just like it would be in public. You can't say those things to people in public. Yeah, it's... You know? That is, it's not, is it, it's assault. It is. It is You're assault. absolutely right. It is, there, it is verbal assault. There's no doubt about it. It, it ruins people's lives. That's the other, people's lives have been ruined by Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and some of it just flat out lies. It's not even true, and it still ruined these people's careers. Yeah, yeah but then Isn't the problem terrible? is who gets to decide what's considered, you know, mm. hate and wrong. Uh, well, we do in public. You can't say those things to people in public. At least you're not With supposed to. With very few exceptions, you actually can. Yeah. Well, but, but, well last last week you, you talked about you talked about the tweet about the what is it the stupid Jew gene. Mm-hmm. Oh, the stupid Jew gene. Yeah, exactly. That was a comment that was on digital. Well, Absolutely, it was on Newser. I think we. Can... Oh, once again, the stupid Jew gene rears its ugly head. Yeah, great. That's one. That's really helpful. Yeah, well, that's inflammatory. But then again, how do you interpret that? Oh, I was just kidding, or you know, just you know, if it, if it's Larry David yeah. saying that, well, then oh, it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. But if you know, some yeah. some some uh, you know uh, anti-Semitic white guy says it, or another black guy, it doesn't matter what the color is. Yeah, and, right. I, and I semite says that. Well, then it's a whole different deal, you know. I, yep, it's hard to filter so those I, things I don't out. Know. You can't give people that much power because ninety-nine percent of people can't handle it. No, they, they just can't. can't handle that responsibility, right? Right. 
Yeah, right. They can't. They think they can handle the power, but they can't handle the responsibility to use it uh, judiciously right. and to right. to be uh, uh, be couth in what they say. Here's this might be an interesting article. Catherine Rampel or Rampel argues that Trump is a proven socialist. So fear a socialist in the White House, you're too late. You think that Trump is a socialist? How how do you get there? It's just someone saying no you. That's their argument. No you. That's what this is. No you. In a Washington Post uh, op-ed, uh, Catherine Rampel writes that there's a decent chance a proven socialist will be in the White House after the 2020 election. No, not Bernie Sanders. I'm referring to the one who already occupies the White House, writes Rampel. Uh, Yes, she says uh, she makes the case that President Trump's policies qualify him for the label. Trump has actually implemented anti-market Soviet-style centrally planned policies, and he has used the power of the state to punish political enemies. He has merely chosen difficult, uh, different beneficiaries and victims of his big government big footing. I don't really understand what she's even trying to say here. Well, most of what she said has nothing to do with socialism or communism. Most of what she no, says is what that someone's used their power the way every president has used their power yeah. ever since ever presidency. Mm-hmm. Ever. You're absolutely right. If you're a never-Trumper worried that Sanders will take this country down the road to serfdom, beware President Trump has already paved the path. Are you nuts? Have people lost their minds? Yep. There, we we are, right. we have just d- drained ourselves or degenerated into insanity, political insanity. Yeah, kind of, man. it's true. I was very very happy to have Samuel on when you were here today because that was great oh, to yeah, listen that, to the admiration and all that. Yeah, I I, I really appreciate that. I mean, he's a he's, he's sort of a legend and and his just his point of view into uh, medical education, his point of view into this idea that the screens are all about money. I think it's an important thing, and he and he, he portrays it in a uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek way that really is is biting, and, and uh, the sarcasm is really worthwhile. You know, I should mention, by the way, that I don't look for uh, ahead to who our guests going to be or what they're going to talk about. So when we talked about uh, healthcare earlier, I didn't even know he was going to be on about that book. It was basically, well, not basically, it was a flat-out coincidence because I had no idea. I don't look ahead. I don't want to know who's going to be on ahead of time. So I guess it's pretty much on the top of everyone's mind, you think? Yep. Everyone's, and, then, and it really is. You know, he says, he says when someone falls down in a theater, no one says, is there an insurance here? Or, the, or is there an insurance adjuster here? You know, what they might say. <laughs> you know, or, or are they going to call, is there a CPT coder here? Because that's really the power seat. That's those people right. that write the numbers and juggle the numbers mm-hmm. for ICD-9 codes right. and CPT codes. That's really how it all runs. It's just in numbers. They're just it's more. They've digitized it as as much as they can. Even the language is digitized back and forth uh, to the insurance companies. It all has to match. The numbers have to match each other. It is amazing. That's going to do it for today. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.